right, here we are once again with The Real Dirt. Today I have Josh from Three Alight. Say hey, Josh. Hey, everybody. How's everyone doing today? Uh, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for uh, making some time to come over on this beautiful, sunny February day. It's beautiful out, and this is absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for your time, Chip. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's great. Yeah, when we met several months ago, I came and toured your facility, and I was just putting my first Real Dirt-like podcast together, and immediately said to myself, oh, I got to get this guy on the show. <laughs> right. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, first season, if, uh, if you're not familiar with it or the listeners out there aren't familiar with it, we, we recorded 15 episodes from industry experts and had great open conversations about the future of cannabis and what was actually happening. Yep. And had tons of responses, thousands and thousands of downloads of this stuff. And the thing people asked me about the most was more growers. We want more weed. Of course. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, man, tell me who you are. You're Josh with Three Alight. Who are you? Who is Josh? (laughs) Josh with Three Alight is first and foremost a family man. I I love my daughter with all my heart. She's my everything. And uh, I I grew up with my grandparents kind of living either with us or very close to us. And so I like having my parents close as well. Uh, It's very normal to me. Um, I live on the 12th floor. They live on the fifth floor. (laughs) We're all very close to each other one another uh second oh, great man. secondly uh um, i've been accused of being an entrepreneur as well um mm-hmm. i have my hands in about six different businesses like we spoke about before you know i don't need a vacation for my life i really appreciate and enjoy what i do a lot of the businesses i do have my hands in are around the uh, cannabis industry being one of the largest of course uh with all the excitement that it's getting a lot of people are looking for people in the industry that have had experience when it comes to uh, large scale investments and where to put them. And we can really help out with things like that, whether you're trying to, you need consulting help for your grow. Another big part of who I am, I uh, authored the book called Three Alight. It's about a two and a half year project for us. Uh, we built it based off the a simple methodology to achieve three pounds per light in your grow. Uh, industry averages around that, like we'd mentioned before, 28 grams a square foot. Uh, you're going to be right around a pound of light. And uh, we want to help you get closer to three, if not four pounds per light. And that's what the book does. Yeah. And, and no bullshit. This, this actually happens. The, the listeners out there are saying, you can't get four pounds of light. Well, <laughs> Josh has done it. And yeah. I've seen it. And uh, and Josh isn't the only one doing it. Correct. And he sold a, over a thousand copies of his book currently. Yep. And yep. he has many other uh, people that can testify that, yes, you can get three plus pounds of light. Absolutely. Right. Doing a way that is uh, removes the guesswork for you. I right. feel like before, if you were trying to teach yourself how to grow, you had to part a couple pieces of this High Times article together. And then you'd steal a couple chapters of, the, of you know, Jorge's book right. or Ed's book and totally. try to not get too confused by it and give it a good shot. And now there's kind of a A to Z. This is how we do it from start to finish. You guys are a wholesale grow in Denver. Let's let's kind of start there because yep. you're not just a, a you're not just an entrepreneur. You're not just a financier. You're not just an author. Yeah. You're not just a a, a a marketer, but you're a grower. Absolutely, that's that's definitely where it stems. I I've had epilepsy since I was the age of fourteen, and um, they put me on a whole slew of medication. And this is something that really encouraged me to want to kind of convert from because the some of the larger things with the medication they put me on was, you know, weight gain, liver failure, uh, hair loss. Um, I got a nice cue ball look going. I lost my hair at about 19 from all the medication. But long story short. Uh, oh, it's hard, man. You look yeah. hard. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, absolutely. A grower. We have Super Farm is our facility in Denver. And then we have Treehouse is our facility in Aurora. And together we produce about a half metric ton a month between both facilities. That's 1,100 pounds. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. Right. Uncle Sam's happy about that. He gets a pretty good share of everything that, <laughs> that comes out of there. So, you know, we'll mix anywhere from, you know, from four to 5,000 gallons of water daily feeding our, feeding our plants. So we encourage people that, you know, if you do purchase the book or you need some, some advice, uh, we have actually a team of uh, expert growers, uh, master cultivators, whatever you want to label it on staff that we've ran into a lot of issues that might be uh, very helpful to if you run into some issues, whether it be like I mentioned before, you know, you get some thrips, give us a call. You get some mites, give us a call. You, your plants are burning. Give us a call. We want to help. Um, we're here to make the cannabis industry better. 
When did you start the Grove facility in Denver? Uh, Grove facility in Denver kicked off in 2015, which is when we kind of received our CO and and a certificate of occupancy and were able to populate the facility with plants. Had you worked directly as a, a badged or a licensed grower previous to that, or this was your first legal uh, regulated cannabis facility? Yeah, I've always had my medical card due to my epilepsy. Um, I'm able to grow personally for myself and then I would try and help other people out that maybe had ailments that marijuana could help them as well. So I've been growing for a very long time, about 15 years. But as far as this being the, every plant has metric tags on it, this is all stay compatible. Uh, yes, this is our first grow. Absolutely. Right, yep. right, right. So let me get this straight. You are currently producing 1,100 pounds a month on average. Yes, sir. That comes out to 150 pounds every two and a half days or something like that? Is that uh, yeah, yeah, right? that's pretty much our cycle. Between, right. we have 24 flower rooms. So if you take 24 and you divide it by our 70-day flowering cycle, anywhere from 63 to 70 days will, per room. Mm-hmm. And so that shakes out to about a harvest every two and a half days. Wow, harvest every two and a half days. I know some people uh, that would, they would they would scream at that type of thing. But I love touring those people through my facility. Yeah, they call right. it the Wonka tour. The Wonka it, it's tour. It's great. Yeah, right, yeah right, hey, right. let me show you what's going on. Here's your golden ticket. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah. you you started in 2015. You're young to this. It's just started for you. 18 months in. Yes, sir. And you immediately hit it running. Yeah, we hit the. Yeah, right. we hit it hard. We yeah. definitely did not test the depth of the river with one foot, as Warren Buffett would say. Mm-hmm. We tested it with both feet. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, we jumped in. That's for sure. Yeah, you jumped in and you jumped in in a different way than most people do. So you came in right when wholesale started to become legal. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, right. And, and so you you came in and you immediately had a plan, though. Absolutely. Right. And it Absolutely. was to develop a nutrient program built on your growing techniques yep. to educate people with a book, an instruction manual, so to speak. Yep. How right? to. Step by step, how to. Yep. And to grow shit tons of weed. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think that there's one thing this world could always use more of. And that, more weed. Yeah, well, more weed for sure. But most importantly, what does, you know, what does weed insinuate? Uh, people can put a negative connotation around it. I think what weed can really do for people is, you know, give you a more laid back um, atmosphere. I know that when I'm having a really stressful day, if I can uh, smoke a little cannabis, mm. um, it definitely puts some, uh, some fuck it in my system. Excuse my language. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get as uh, a wound up about something and I might remind myself that, Hey, let's, you know, let's focus on the bigger picture here and let's, you know, focus on being happy. And I think that more people could have some things that encourage them to take life less serious. Yeah, I feel people can get wound up and things, especially, you know, oh, yeah. I don't want to dive in the political pool, but if you talk anything politics, people get wound up quick right, these and, days, uh, for sure. you know, and so that's where I just, like, I encourage there to be more of a laid back atmosphere. And I think if we could right. produce more cannabis, um, and most importantly, we always focus on quality before quantity. We want to have top shelf product. Mm-hmm. We want to be the gray goose. I feel as though there's a lot of people out there that want to focus on being skull. That's fine. Go ahead and be the skull vodka. Yeah, right. We want to be the Belvedere, the gray goose that... You know, if I don't want to, if I don't want to smoke my cannabis, there's a real problem. <laughs> and right, uh, right. We, we steer away from that. Yeah. So, so many people in this industry, it's just a widget to them. Yep. Right. And, and some of those people are doing incredible. Absolutely. Right. And uh, I, I could, I could name names, but I guess I'm not going to, <laughs> but you know who they are. Absolutely. You see them in our community. They're some of the largest dispensaries and grows and the people involved with it. They they don't have a cannabis culture other than like we're making this widget and selling it. Yes, that is right. correct. And and those are the typically I, I kind of call them the white colored guys. And I don't mean that in any way whatsoever. If you're white colored, I got a lot of love for you. Um, people that aren't they're pink shirts now. By yeah, the way. it's a pink shirt. Okay, all right. So if those guys, you know, <laughs> typically people that actually don't participate in uh, cannabis and it doesn't benefit their life other than a financial figure, those are the people that I feel like can kind of lose sight of the vision towards a positive area and really want to just kind of make it a corporation where it's a return of investment. Right. And if I believe those people don't get into it for the right reasons, so they're typically. Some of the people that have the hardest time succeeding. Me and Josh both love uh, the white collar, the pink shirt people. Oh, absolutely. Many of of both of our customers. (laughs) Family members, you name it. That's my brother. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So don't, please do not get insulted or offended if you're wearing a pink shirt listening to our podcast right now. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) I've got a few pink shirts in my my closet. So we're good. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Because you know what the pink shirt really means is like professional financing, professional business. Absolutely. You know, professional interaction on, on a 
much larger scale than than the cannabis industry has been able to achieve because it's been a private industry for such a long time. It has. And I think a lot of those people are really taking interest to what we're doing. And it's it's been wonderful because I'd love to kind of act as a tour guide for them to make sure that they are putting their financial uh, contributions in the right direction or any capital investment mm-hmm. is going towards the right area. Um, we'd love, love to help with that. And right. yeah, it's definitely legitimizing the industry. So the more of you gentlemen that, you know, just took a, a small shot at, the more of you guys that can get in the industry, the more it legitimizes everything for pretty much everyone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the biggest problem in the private cannabis industry in the past is that it was private. And if you wanted to build something or borrow some money, you had to borrow it from your brother-in-law or build it with your cousin or, you know, oh yeah, right. You know, your best friend. And, and it was all it was all had to be like, well, I think let's try it this way. Well, that way didn't work. Let's try it this way. Well, that didn't work. There's a hell of a learning curve. Right. Hell of a learning curve. Yes. And I mean, I've been to your facility. I'm not sure how you guys finance the operation, but you probably got some financing. That was new for you. Of course. When you did that, yeah. right? Because yep. the cannabis industry people have never had that opportunity. Correct. Yeah. We we were able to, a large amount of capital for our, our investments from the exact crowd that we were just discussing, you know, these guys wanted to know my story, wanted to know how I was going to ensure their investment and uh, really much, you know, protect their ROI, which is your return of return of investment. Um, we were able to, you know, kind of give them a story that they were sold on and off they went. And I think anybody who's in, uh, invested in our operation or um, is a part of what we're doing has done very well for themselves. Yeah, man, you guys are growing tons of weed. Uh, lo- love your Instagram account. That's uh, thank you. That's uh, that's three alight spelled T H R E E A L I G H T. Correct, except for uh, it's three alight T H R three three A L I G H T. There we go. Yes, sir. Yep. And you are three alight dot com. Yeah, and that's right? just T H R E E A L I G H T dot com. So anybody that wants to look you up can look you up. See the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, absolutely. Right, absolutely. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to start if we want to start talking about your grow. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll just briefly get into it this way: is uh, when you look on your Instagram account, listeners out there, when you look on the Three Alight Instagram account, notice the consistency of the canopy size over the past five months. Uh, yeah. Right. And that is yeah. the proof in the pudding, right? Absolutely. Please do your homework. We encourage you yeah, guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Look it up, man. Yeah. Yeah. The number one way people lose their potential yield is by canopy development. Of and course. They cannot get their canopy tight enough. Like that one garden we viewed earlier. Yep. Right. How it, it doesn't have the same clone in it over and over again. So there's, I call them whoop de doos in the canopy. Yeah. Right. Yep. But your canopy is tight. Almost all the plants are within six inches of each other. There's, there's nugget every four inches from (laughs) the top of the plant down to the bottom of the plant. And it really does look incredible. Please, if you're interested in this, look it up and you'll see what I'm talking about. Yes, absolutely. All the people who are like, bullshit, he's not growing three pounds of life. Oh, I love those people. They're the best people to tour. I love them because they, they, you know, they can kind of, you know, naysay as much as they want. Or, you know, we've used the metaphor before that it's like I'm talking to a bunch of horse dealers on where they can purchase a unicorn. And yeah. none of them believe you, but everybody wants to see it. Yeah, totally. So I love, sh- I love playing show and tell. It's a lot of fun. We accept yeah, that challenge. Know, and I, I've been in more grow rooms than most people. Yes. I'm sure most right. people, and I'm sure you've forgotten about more grow rooms than most people have ever seen. Funny. That's <laughs> probably so. Another problem people have with their grow rooms is, is they started out and then first cycle, something's wrong. Second cycle, something wrong. Third cycle, they start to get it. Fourth cycle, they start to hit it. Yes, right. Absolutely. Well, you guys started 18 months ago. And if we're saying that uh, you got a, a, a three month cycle, that would be 12 full months before you actually started to hit it. But you guys yeah, immediately thank God that didn't happen. Yeah. Came, yes. came to the game yes. and, and, and hit home run. Yeah, actually, our first fiscal year at one of my facilities, Treehouse, we were able to pull an average of uh, over the entire 12 months, we pulled an average of 3.2 pounds per light, which obviously we had a couple rounds in genetics that we were at the 2.8 range. And we had quite a few rounds that were four pound of light rounds as well. What's your ounce per square foot? So uh, yeah, so it's going to be grams per square foot is kind of the industry with the canopy, you know, number. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's 28 to 35 grams a square foot. Which is the average in Colorado. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Right mm-hmm. around. It breaks out to about a pound, pound and a half of light. Probably average nationwide. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think that's a fair number. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, you know, we, we definitely exceed a hundred grams per square foot. Um, we have some research and development rooms that I can't talk too much about, but they, uh, 
they've, they've hit numbers that I don't even believe. <laughs> um, it's really hard for even me to believe when they tell me we're pulling a half pound a square foot. I'm, I'm really, you got my attention and I'm almost calling bullshit on myself. But then when yeah, I see I it all come down, you know, proofs in the pudding and, and people say, oh, you're fudging your numbers. And, uh, you know, we pay about a $300 tax on every pound that's grown in Denver and a $400 tax on every pound that's grown in, uh, in Aurora. And the last thing I would ever do is fudge my numbers to pay more taxes. Yeah, right. No doubt. <laughs> that's a tricky thing to do. <laughs> so, oh, hysterical. Yeah. You guys also aren't just growing like Blue Dream or Dragon. You oh, have, goodness, no. You, you, these, are, these are boutique strains that you're getting weight on. Get, give us some, some of your strain list. So we have a roughly to give a time you come through the spot. We're going to have anywhere from uh, 40 to 60 strains active. And then we, we keep a lot of them on deck with tissue culture as well. But some of our favorite strains, my favorite strains, hands down, is our Burkle. Our Burkle is a cross between Pre-98 Bubba Kush, which is a notorious small yielder, as well as Granddaddy Perp. Um, those, so those two cross make Burkle. Burkle is, uh, tests a little bit above 30% THC. It's a great bedtime weed. This lady at a dispensary who drop it off with claims it's the cure for insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a Burkle challenge. It says, hey, hit some Burkle and put an alarm on for 15 minutes and tell me if you hear the alarm go off. <laughs> That's Bubba Urkel. Exactly. Right? Yep. So both low yielding historical strains. Yep. And it's one of your favorite to grow and, and you guys get three pounds of light on it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've actually, we've had a few rounds of four pounds of light with Burkle, but Juicy Fruit's another one of my favorite strains. Uh, you know, we'll rock Lemon Skunk. We'll rock uh, OG Kush. Um, we'll put- OG Kush, three pounds of light. Oh, all day. That's four light rods. Yeah, totally. For sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's a, and the way that it's a pretty simple method. If you smoked a strain in high school, it's probably close to its genetic parents. What I mean by that is an AK-47, an OG Kush, like I just mentioned before, a super skunk, a true strain, a true original. It hasn't been crossed and crossed and crossed to get developed. Those strains love our methods because they're such stable strains. Sure. Some of our methods are very unique and different and also very aggressive. So when we schwaz a plant, we'll actually take every single family leaf off the plant um, at two points in flowering. When we do this, it will insinuate a lot of stress on the plant the same way the gym does for us. As long as you feed your plants right, they're going to bounce back incredibly well, focusing on the micronutrients. And um, just like if you finished it with the gym, you know, we'd spoke about, uh, you know, Bickle earlier. He's a great example. The dude- Matt takes, Bickle? Yeah. Right. yeah Bickle he, Consulting? Yep. Yeah, he takes great care of himself, but he hits the gym hard. And when he's done with the gym, he feeds his body right. And he's able to replenish his, you know, himself well. So he beats himself up to make himself stronger. That's the exact same method that we do with our plants. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Well, hey, you know, I think we uh, should take a break right there. And when we come back, we'll talk about success nutrients. Yeah, man, you know, technical difficulties with stoners, it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely a reality. There's a little mystique here in the Real Dirt Studios. You just mentioned how well it sounds. It's constructed fairly well, but it's yep. just a kind of a homemade basement studio, so to speak. And uh, we've got some decently uh, high uh, technological gadgets in here, and sometimes they don't all quite work out right. <laughs> That's the thing about technology. It doesn't matter how good it gets. If you just unplug it and turn it back on, mm-hmm. usually you're all right. <laughs> yeah, we went through that earlier, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah, man, I just uh, figure I'll use this real easy piece of technology, the grinder. I got some sour diesel here. Oh, delicious. Yeah, this is absolutely one of my favorite strains of all time. You know, interesting is it doesn't test high. Which right? is totally fine with me. Oh, yeah, time, I'm like, I don't need 30%. We're, you know, I got stuff to do with my day, but... Something that tested, you know, the 16 to 18% range is usually my favorite. Right. Because I smoke a lot of weed and, yeah, right. and I got stuff to do with my day. So well, there's so much about it's the, the terpenes and the secondary compounds. It's not just the THC level. Correct. 
many of my friends and myself would not go to the liquor store and say, I want the alcohol or the beer that has the highest alcohol rating. I've never heard right. that. And that is very accurate. Right. Who wants Everclear? I'm yeah. good. Right, right. I'm good. right. Yeah, yeah. Who I wants mean, that shit? There's some moonshine. Like, I mean, I'm not opposed to it like that one shot a year because we're <laughs> cheersing and I don't have a choice. Someone else is, you know, forcing this on me yeah. for sure. But if right. I'm cool with just something nice and it's got a good... Got a good flavor profile. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, that new micro distillery industry, the micro brew industry, they've, they've all gotten that. It's like, it's different flavors. Yep. It's, you know, something different. Right. And the descriptions have, uh, have really uh, gotten much better over time. As a matter of fact, for beer and, and micro distilled alcohol and we need a similar thing in the cannabis industry. I think we're going to follow suit. I don't see us really steering away from the alcohol path. I think it's, you know, it's, it's such a great model for us to, uh, you know, kind of benchmark, you know, where we need to go as a cannabis industry from. If anything, I think that uh, as long as we can continue to find a way to give back, I feel like a lot of the cannabis money and the taxes that we pay around cannabis are gifted back to the right agencies in the state. And that's a really important thing. Uh, we need to we need to keep our eye on the prize when it comes to that stuff. You know what I mean by that, for example, is schools. You know we don't need to be laying school teachers off. I believe Colorado, you know, does an amazing job with this uh, with all the revenue we have coming um, from our industry. Denver like three million dollars or something last oh, year. Oh, right? so much! Fucking a man. And so <laughs> that, that's that's great for the kids. You know, it's a lot of clarinets, a lot of gym equipment. Yeah, right. And that, and you know, I really want to push hard for the homeless community. I'd love to find a way to get you know to give back to most importantly, our vets. Some of the best testimonials I have are from vets with PTSD that, you know, of Josh, you changed my life because you made it so simple for this, you know, for me to grow and hit three pounds a lap my first run. We've actually had quite a few people that purchased the book and followed it to the T and have done that. And, uh, you know, those are the things that really hold true to my heart. I've fortunately can't share these stories because of, uh, it being, you know, labeled how it is within, uh, you know, they could lose some of their benefits um, being a vet. So I don't want to uh, rock that boat for them at all. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's very dear to my heart. It does happen. Uh, PTSD is uh, definitely lessened with cannabis use. Oh, 100%. You know, yeah, these guys need to head trauma, help uh, them chill out a little bit. You know, all, all of it. They get so wound up and then the government's like, here, just take more opiates. Yeah, you got to you got to be kidding me i mean this guy's a zombie now you know like i supposed to play with his kids and be a dad if he's right. you know choking down 14 opiates a day i mean that's not gonna work right but he yeah. could but he could smoke 14 joints in a day and still accomplish that feat he probably right. just all he'd need is one or two and he'd be yeah, all yeah, right absolutely you know? absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah and that really is how it is all you need is one or two hits yeah, you're and you're good. generally fine yeah you're like okay cool right. that stuff works right yeah, yeah it works great so, uh, uh, yeah, we're fixing to fire up this sour diesel joint, but before I do, I'd like to say that ask for more sour diesel out there. All everybody listen to this episode, go to your dispensary and say, Hey, I need some more sour diesel. I heard Chip Baker say it was his favorite strain yep. and Josh from three alight agreed with him that it was really good. Absolutely. And you guys need more sour diesel in your repertoire. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Shameless they, plug. They're in Colorado. <laughs> they can call, they can call super farm. And get it from us. There you go. There you go. Call, <laughs> call Super Farm. So, I mean, we're talking about all this stuff, Josh, and, and I still don't feel like we've kind of quite got to the whole like your business plan and how different it is from everybody else. Is, yes, sir. Is is you have a wholesale ganja cannabis growing business? Yes, sir. Where you're growing eleven hundred pounds a month? Yeah, and selling it to the local community? Yes, sir. Right. You've developed a educational platform called Three Alight that is a, a, a hard copy book that you sell. Yes, sir. Success Nutrients. Tell us about Success Nutrients while I fire this joint up. Yeah, absolutely. So we were about eight months into writing the book when we brought in an agriculture chemist to backtrack what it was we were feeding our plants. And we at the time had a what we thought was a great regimen. And after kind of sifting through these nutrients, we found out that what they claim was in there was only about 60% was actually in there. And then they'd add a lot of food coloring and preservatives to uh, make it so the end user doesn't notice any difference in consistency. Being that this book was going to be launched on the platform that it was and everybody kind of gives you, they don't believe you. And then, and then they believe you after they see it themselves. So I already knew I was up against, you know, people kind of calling naysayers and I wanted to alleviate that. So I couldn't endorse these companies just because what they claim was in there was, was false to what was in there. So, so let me, let me stop you. Real we quick. built success. You started writing the book. 
And you were using other people's nutrients. Yes, sir. And just your formulation of their nutrients. Yeah, we'd never follow the application directions on the bottle at all. Mm -hmm. Why would we? It wasn't built for cannabis. Mm -hmm. So we built our own. So I never knew what I was actually feeding my plants. I just knew the plants loved it (laughs) and kind of went from there. Down the road, next thing you know, we are, you know, building our own line that what we claim is in there is actually in there. We're able to do it for a much more reduced cost as a lot of these companies, when they first were built, were built for gardeners. Now they're big corporations that are geared rather than making the gardener successful, making the corporation successful. So mm-hmm. Success Nutrients was built by growers for growers. We're not packing a full food coloring. We're not adding a bunch of additives that are the preservatives that aren't needed in there. And we're given a solid product. Uh, we've always encouraged people, don't believe me, see for yourself. And every single time that's happened, I can truly say with 100% certainty, they've converted to Success Nutrients. It's been one of those things that's been uh, a dream come true for us just because our, our plants have grown to a whole new level. We've been able to achieve an entirely new level with the nutrients we run. Like I'd mentioned before, we harvest a half metric ton a month, but we mix anywhere from four to 5,000 gallons a day. I would never use another nutrient company now that I know what I know. Yeah, right. And we hit the numbers that we do consistency and people, this industry is very consistently inconsistent, whether (laughs) it's yields or business practice or anything. I think that what we bring with our methods is the ability to be consistently consistent and always focus on quality before quantity. And that's where, you know, success nutrients comes into play. growing sour diesel for 15 years fuck yeah literally those are my favorite dudes right and when he started <laughs> this is my strain i was changing it years ago he brought the sour diesel to our community like we'd kind of had it but he came from the east coast you know who you are and uh <laughs> and uh he had the sour diesel cutting and started growing it and then and only grown it a little bit before but he would say stuff like, oh, man, I think I'm a pretty good crop grower. Um, I only I only grow sour diesel. I only do flood and drain. And we we made fun of him for years. Yeah, like, yeah, we made fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you got to try new stuff, man. Give but it hey, a shot. 15 Give years me. later, man, this guy like crushes it still. Obviously, it's working for him. <laughs> you got, like, the, the, the bags look awesome. The nuggets look incredible. You yep. know, like he, he, he bottoms them out. So it's only colas. Proofs in the uh, pudding. Man dries it just perfectly. Like talking to him now, he, he won't ever admit that it's good. Now it's a different story. He's like, oh, I could have done this or I could have done that. You know? Yeah. Hindsight 2020, <laughs> he always has a, a, the yeah. ability to change. But every time we mindset. can get it from him, we do. That's for sure. Nice. Mm. Nice. That's his baby, man. He's got it down. Yeah, that's for sure. And sour diesel is not the easiest growth for many people. Not don't at know all. What's going on? It's tough to veg with a hot regimen if you're running a lot of parts per million. It loves our flower regimen, but we always have to add more flushes in when we veg it. Yeah. We, we grow a lot of sour diesel. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> common thing is a long three week flush with sour diesel. Another common thing is like either no veg. As soon as they flip it into flour, then it comes healthy again. Right. That's pretty much what happens. Right. That's pretty much happens, right? <laughs> and that's what I always see with sour D. It, it gets, you know, it, it definitely wants to turn yellow before other plants do, you know, with its fan leaves and whatnot, but that's good. You know, I talked yeah. to one of the original people about it and they had this like 
street analysis of the names of Sour Diesel and Kim Dog. Right. And they said something like this is like the, the guy who was growing it had Sour Diesel and Kim Dog. Okay. Right. And he was growing them both organic and, uh, nice. and, and hydro. He had two different grows. Okay. Right. But they weren't calling him by those names at that point. Right. Of course. And so they started the, the, the hydro stuff. The synthetic stuff looks so much better for those guys because it loves the nutrients. It's a fucking oh, yeah. nutrient hog, right? Oh, yeah. So they started calling it the Kim, right? Of course. And this was when <laughs> they were still calling it like super skunk or something, yep. right? And that's kind of how it got the delineation between the clones with these people. Oh, this is, is Kim. Yeah. I gave this it, is the Kim. Feed it the nutrients. This is the Kim. Nutrients, and for yeah. a while it was, it didn't matter if it was the sour diesel cutting or what came to be the Kim dog cutting. Yep. Right. It was just, that was, it was Massachusetts super skunk cross. Of course. Right? They yep. didn't have a name for it yet. Yeah. It's a piece of history, everyone. Mm-hmm. You're not going to read this in a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> right. Well, Man, you know, fortunately, over my lifetime, I've been blessed that people know that I love cannabis too. And they like say, hey, I'm this guy, or I do this, or I've got this, or I got this story. You're like, sweet, man. I want to hear it. Totally. I'm like, I'm like the cannabis priest. People have told me all kinds of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I have a confession to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm listening, man. Let's roll this joint first. Tell me all about it. (laughs) Success nutrients. Back to that. We got off a little stone tangent for a second. You got a a multi-part nutrient. How many parts are in it? There's nine parts total. However, there's about five parts per mix and then probably two or three parts for a flush mix. All right. So it's not too complicated, but yeah, it's, as of course it's base, you know, micro, we're going to have flowers and trees as well. Mm -hmm. It's our bloom and veg. It's real simple, very user-friendly with how we do it. Very user-friendly. And we have a team of, of, uh, like I said before, we have a team of individuals that are willing to help you with any step you run into along the way. Any questions, any curveballs that come up, you know, we're, we want to help you. We want you to hit three of light. We right. want you to be on the success story of ours. Right. And you know, that, that was something you were, brings us to something you were saying earlier about your app that you're coming out with. I mean, this sounds incredible. Ooh. Yeah. This is actually the first time I've actually been able to speak of it publicly. And yes, it's been, we've been working on it for the past eight months. Very, very interactive because Apple wouldn't allow us to just make the book. And it's really strived from the book is $500 and we get a lot of shit for that. Um, we also get a lot of people that, uh, that appreciate and understand um, that appreciate and understand just, you know, gosh, this is going to pay for itself with one light and one harvest, let alone multiple lights, multiple harvests, no brainer. Um, but what it stemmed was I wanted a cheaper version, uh, a more, a version to be able to give out to people that was going to cost them 500 bucks. How much does the app cost? Uh, we haven't even figured out how we're going to build that, but it's, it'll be far, 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 far cheaper. Than oh that. my, oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. And what it does is it'll be a situation where Apple wouldn't allow us to just put the book in there. So we had to make it interactive and user-friendly. So the, the app itself is very interactive in a way that you can, as a grower, plug in the, you know, the size of reservoir you have, it'll auto fill a calendar for all your future feeds. In addition, if you have any questions along the way, it has in-app messaging that allows you to take a photo of your plant and immediately uploads to our customer service site. And we can then work you through whatever problems you're having, whatever's going on or whatever's going right. You can definitely communicate with us at the three alike team. This is like active, active growing consultation absolutely yep absolutely right. to the t 100 is it automated or, or there, is there customer interaction with real people absolutely customer interaction with real people you're not gonna talk to someone someone in india you're gonna talk to tell exactly who it'll be it'll be one of my top guys um we have a team of mass cultivators that's you know right around 30 to 40 deep um all at any given time have at least depending on the amount of influx of calls or reports that we need to help with, we'll staff it accordingly. But there could be six master growers that are just ready to answer any questions you have that probably, you know, and these guys aren't just, I can't just say master growers. They literally have 10,000 plus hours of garden experience to be able to, you know. Right. It's not just a title. Not just a title for them. (laughs) Correct. Absolutely. Right. 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 Wow, man, that's, that sounds incredible. And, and, and who, who are you marketing to this? Are you marketing this to like everybody, home growers? This is uh, oh, most importantly, home growers. Most Absolutely. Yeah. Home if growers. you have, if that's been a thing, one of our frequently asked questions is, you know, Hey, I don't have 10,000 lights. Should I still, you know, I don't have a thousand lights set up. Should I still get this book? Absolutely. If you have one light, this is for you. So the home growers, the people that we want to help and we want to make it, you know, the people that need it for their medicine. That's the main goal, the, you know, those exact people. 
So. <laughs> Cough. <laughs> so yeah, in resolution to that, the app is definitely uh, very excited. We're going to do a large party for it. Um, I don't know if you know the Three Light Crew, but we definitely like to have fun. Um, life's all about balance. It includes a lot of hard work with definitely a good amount of partying when you're ready to celebrate for something you've worked hard on. We try and capitalize on that every time. We had a big book drop. We're going to have another big app drop. It should be coming out in April. So look for it. And if you're in Colorado, make sure you don't miss this party. Oh, absolutely. I'll yeah. absolutely be there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, you can see Chip there for sure. Yeah, I'm absolutely uh, there. Yeah. I'll be there. Me and the Real Dirt team. Man, are you guys going to use this app in your grow? In of your course. Room? Absolutely. Yeah. Right, right. Absolutely. So you got you got 80 employees, right? Like or something do, yeah. crazy like that, right? Yep. 80 employees, 35,000 yep. square feet. Yep. Hey, and that's something interesting let's talk about too. Actual like canopy space, yes. The, sir. the the canopy space, 35,000 square feet. Yep. And your production rate. Yes, correct. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Not only are you actually growing three pounds of light, which is a lot of money per light or a lot of grams per light, right? But you guys are doing it super efficiently too. Yes, sir. Right? Yes. Can you talk about maybe some of the efficiencies that you've brought to, to your, your industry or to your grow that, that make you more successful? Yeah, I think, I think some of the more obvious ones, you know, and we just stole these from traditional business practice, but... You know, we have standard operating procedures for how our facility runs. People have, you know, roles and responsibilities throughout the facility. And it's very clear. It's not, hey, one guy, you know, a lot of times people go from, oh, I just got these 400 lights. And I'm like, cool. What was your prior grow room? Oh, I had a 14 light setup. Well, in a 14 light setup, if you're a super get or done kind of guy, you can do all the work. But when it comes to 400 lights coming into play, now you need to spread it out amongst the team. And you need, people need very clear and concise direction so there's not duplication of efforts and all those things. So one of the biggest things that sets us apart are our standard operating procedures with how we run our grows. That helps us big time with overall efficiency from labor costs to most importantly, uh, we have a very high touch policy. We call it high touch because of how involved we are with the plants. We love our plants. There's not a lot of automation for that reason. And so I think that you know, that's going to be one of the largest ones. And then we have, like, like I mentioned before, we have some methods that are very unique and different that we do that other people call me crazy for. Um, one of them is going to be our schwazing method, probably the most, the biggest one is our schwazing method, where we actually strip the entire plant of all of its fan leaves at two points in the flowering um, cycle. So, you know, we're, we're, we're growing nugs, we're not growing leaves. And so that's what we want to do. We want to focus all the plant's energy towards the flower development and that only. Mm -hmm. Huge part of that method. And of course, people call the fans sugar factories. They're packed full of micronutrients. So a lot of the times they're like, hey man, you're missing out that the energy from that leaf was going to make its way into the flower. Well, that person's very correct. However, we can, we what we've done with Success Nutrients is nailed in exactly those micronutrients they're missing and we replace them in our feed. But that's why we're able to do such an aggressive method so successfully. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're feeding them so heavy that they can take all the nutrients that they're normally getting from the leaf and yep. they just take it direct because they still have some bud leaf on it. Yes, correct. Right? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. then, and then you're also only doing this two and a half times too. So you pull all the like the the all the leaves off, and then leaves grow back. Yeah. Oh gosh, they do. And People then, are like, did right. you schwaz them? I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. We right. Did. Right. And then you pull all the leaves off, and then they they grow back a little bit less that next time. Yep. Right. There's still leaf there for of photosynthesis. Of course. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Right. It's just you're manipulating it through a few different ways that your your lighting technology, your lighting technique, yep. and your fertilizer, your direct fertilizing technique. Correct. Yep. Hundred percent. All right, man. Oh, I feel like we're just getting into it, but man, <laughs> my 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 commercial sponsors demand that I take a break right now. So we're gonna say it again. Hey, this we'll, is we'll talk Chip, soon, guys. Yeah, this is Chip uh, with Real Dirt and Josh with Real Life.
All right, and we're back. So you guys are crushing it. That's so. So that's kind of been the story here, <laughs> right? I hate to say it like that, but yeah, things have been crushing. No, no, just, these guys are crushing it. So be proud of it, dude. Yeah, a lot be of hard work. Of it, yeah, we're, we're definitely doing really well for ourselves no, as far man. as you know, kind of setting the pace for hopefully where the industry's headed. Yeah, yeah, you guys yeah. are absolutely crushing in what yeah. you're doing. That's for sure. Man, can you take me through a, a virtual tour briefly of your grow, like? Yeah. yeah. What, 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 what happens on any given day? So pretty much because we harvest every two and a half days, we have to do what we call the circle of life every two and a half days. So the circle of life is going to begin with, okay, cool. I have to take an entire round of clones today. Every two and a half days, this has to happen. Uh, so every two and a half days we're taking, you know, typically an average round is going to have about 88 girls in it, um, 88 to hundred. So we're taking maybe a hundred and 110 clones. That way we can kind of choose our favorite phenotypes from them. Every day, 110 clones. Uh, yeah, no, no. Every two and a half days. So every everything I'm going to mention from here okay. on happens every two and a half days. Oh, okay. Okay. E- great. Everything. Yeah. Great. Great. So every we have two and a half days. Yeah. So we're having to take, the, uh, you know, those clones. We'll have to transplant those, uh, the, 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 the prior two and a half, um, the prior round of clones. We'll have to get transplanted as well. So those will get transplanted from a one inch cube to a four inch cube. From there, once they're pushing roots out the four inch cube, then they're going to get transplanted into a seven gallon pot where they'll finish. Um, seven gallon pot is now in veg. Maybe they're going to have another three weeks in that pot before they're getting flipped into flour. Uh, so we have to flip an entire room into flour. When we flip rooms into flour, we're going to go ahead and take and do, we'll do our schwas then as well. So we have to do a schwas on a room. We're also going to have to, of course, top the plant a bunch while it's still growing in veg. And then we'll stop topping about a week before flour. Um, at that point, throw them into flour. We're going to do schwas one. We're going to do schwas two. We're going to cage the entire room and then we're going to harvest the entire room every two and a half days. Uh, so it turns into a full blown production facility. There's a lot of moving pieces, but it also allows me to, if you do make it out for a Wonka tour in the future, I can literally take you through every single cycle or every single step of the entire, you know, clone all the way through harvest cycle. So let me, let me paint a little different picture for the uh, people at home. You, you have a, a cloning area, a mother area. Those are, those are rooms. Yes, sir. Right. And you have veg rooms. Yes. Right. So yep. you put all the plants in a room and then you, you vegetate it. Correct. Right. In that room. And then you have individual flower rooms. Yes. Right. Uh, how, how big are the bedrooms? How many lights or square feet? A lot of times uh, we do kind of a 70, 30 policy. So that is, it's going to be 70% of our, of our canopy space going to be flower rooms. 30% is going to be veg. So a lot of our bedrooms are going to be like 12 light rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, from 12 to 18 lights, depending on which room it is, then we're going to have them as well as a transition room where they actually, while still under a veg cycle, will go under a bulb that they're going to finish under. So mm-hmm. dual ended bulbs, if you will, um, just a, a little bit more of a powerful bulb than they're receiving in the bedroom. Um, at that point, then they're going to go into a separate room where they're now finishing and flowering. I have 36 light flower rooms and 32 light flower rooms, depending on what facility we're at. You know, from there, they're going to be in that room for anywhere from 63 to 70 days. And we're going to harvest that room and we're going to clean that room up. And then we're going to start it all over again within another day of harvesting it. Right, right, right. And how many total square feet is a facility for you? In total square feet, uh, we're closer to 45,000 square feet. However, I got, you know, staging areas, loading bays, you know, orders got to come in, orders got to go out, office area, people, you know, I got a lot of. A lot of people that, you know, from accountants to sales teams, uh, to inventory management, to, you know, we got to make sure our metric is very on point. If the state ever says for us to jump, we always say how high. Um, yeah. Here's the info. Yeah. Thank we you. Play ball. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And per facility, you have a, about 40 people or yeah, is no, it split like that? It's, it's probably 50, 30. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, and then we have a lot of project days because the, the, the list I ran through before is actually pretty labor intensive, mm-hmm. uh, whether we're transplanting or whether we're doing a schwa's or whether we're just topping. And um, there's a lot of things going on. Right. Where, where do you think that term schwa's came from? We coined it. You, you guys coined it. <laughs> yeah. You guys coined it. We had to okay. call it something. Right, and, right, right. you know, everybody says, oh, isn't it defoliation? And I'm like, yeah, but. Who wants to say, we're going to go defoliate the room today. I'm like, no, let's schwaz it up, guys. Let's get this going. You know, it involves scissors. And that was just kind of what we right. called it. Right. One and of those little nicknames. Yeah. Well, it didn't really have right. a name for it. So we were right. just like, oh, we're going to schwaz them up. 
Well, that's, you know, that's real interesting. I asked that because I'm, I'm interested in this like linguistic culture that is developed around cannabis. Of course. Right? Yeah, and, absolutely. And I, and I often ask people like, hey, what, what are some of the like terms you've coined for, for, for your operations? You got any other like little things you call stuff, nicknames or? We do some things that are kind of unique. If we ever have to, uh, if we ever have a plant that, that, you know, like I said, mentioned before, we'll take a couple more clones than we need. And so unfortunately at some point, you know, sometimes we'll have to, you know, get rid of a few plants for our plant count purposes and things like that before they actually harvest. So we'll play some, you know, old gospel music when they're getting, when they're walking out. And then we'll, you know, the boys always play Marvin Gaye radio when they're on Pandora, when they're, when they're taking clones, making right. babies. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Just little stuff. So as far as linguistic, I think it's going to have to be the schwa's takes the cake. Every right. Other than you know, that. The cultural stuff's cool though. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we try and we, we make sure that we, you know, we have a glass half full policy or a high five policy, however you want to look at it. You need mm -hmm. to be showing up to work with a glass half full attitude. You can't be one of those, oh, it's going to rain today kind of employees. Those are tough. So we try and alleviate that through excessive high fives and you know, <laughs> people just being in a good mood. Yeah, you right. know, you can the always. Team attitude. Absolutely. Team yeah, it's, it's teamwork. We all sit at the same table and just are in charge of bringing different things to it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's great. Great, yeah. great environment. I mean, you know, uh, your your employees all seem, you know, happy and nice there. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Uh, I foster, I try to foster that environment at my facilities as well. It can be tough right? work, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's tough work. And, you know, like sometimes I'm part of the problem too because I'm an <laughs> asshole. Or absolutely. I got my focus. Well, you got to be the like, boss sometime. It's right. the, uh, what my mm -hmm. dad calls the 98-2 rule. 98% <laughs> of the time you get to be everybody's good, good buddy. And 2% of the time you got, hey, this has to get done, guys. You, oh, can, right. you know, be be the boss. I I'm guess. I'm gonna start walking in and say 98.2. It's a 98.2 day. All right, yeah. You guys are on the 98 today, so everybody's stoked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's stay as far away from the two percent as possible yeah. <laughs> for everybody's sake. <laughs> so, man, you you've put this together so quickly in 18 months. You put all this. It's really dramatic because I mean, I, I built multiple businesses. I'm a serial parallel and a serial entrepreneur. I'm yes, addicted sir. to starting products and bringing products to market. Absolutely. Right. Like I, I, I really enjoy it. You know, it's the um, journey, not the destination. Yeah, it's man. Fun, man. Yeah. What, what, let, let's talk about that a little bit, man. Like, can you tell me like three, like, like problems that you had and you had, and, and we had to, that, Let's say it that way. Three problems that you had to build this organization the past 18 months. Well, of course, like any other entrepreneur, we'll run into some very similar hurdles. I think one of them is going to be the try not to bite off more than you can chew approach. And a lot of people need to understand uh, that you're going to, especially when you're kind of close to that margin, it can be a fine line sometimes. Um, and one, so one of the biggest things I've learned is, you know, you can only listen to a certain amount of opinions because people will tell you that, it's very hard to achieve what you have in mind, especially if you're, uh, you know, especially in cannabis, because it's almost a new, brand new industry. So having having a lot of belief and faith in yourself is going to be step one. Of course, having the the proper team around you to encourage and remind you of that, because, you know, you're not going to wake up feeling like you got that every day. But it's very important to build a routine that can that can uh, cultivate that feeling. And so that would be one of the larger ones. And then, of course, keeping your uh your friends and family close to you. I think loyalty is very key in this world. We're in such a contract world. You know, it's, it's everything needs a contract. You need to sign here. I'll sue you for this or that. And I think, uh, you know, keeping it, keeping a, a handshake policy for yourself and your own ethics will encourage your team and more success to be around you because you're much more ethical businessmen. And I think that when you're ethical and when you, when you put good things out in the world, I believe that the, the universe will conspire to give those things to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And you know, without getting Calm too wheel, philosophical, bro. you got to turn the wheel, bro. The <laughs> yeah. old wheel keeps turning around. <laughs> that's it. Absolutely. Yeah. So without getting too Confucius on you, that's, you know, that was Jerry, bro. That was Jerry. You know, I'm just saying the whole, the whole Zen approach of, <laughs> yeah, nah, yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. So yeah. So the problems have been, you know, I would just say traditional problems. I think the, one of the biggest problems that I ran into with cannabis was uh, the, the stigma around it would have to take the cake. Um, uh -huh. and being a father, my daughter's eight years old. And, and so, I mean, other than the weed shirt, you don't really look like a typical weed 
user to most of the world, I think. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm cool with either way, but just because of my father perspective approach, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that people well, speak you can go up to the PTA meeting without that shirt on. Exactly. And, and, just and, like everybody and, else. and, and <laughs> I, but here's the thing I do, you know, yeah, a right. lot of times I volunteer for field trips and I want to make sure I can spend as many moments with my daughter as possible. And so that's something that, you know, I think that changing the stigma towards marijuana has happened over the last it's, it's made incredible grounds over the last three years. Let's call it what it is. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that I think we have a lot more ground to cover, but however we can help change that stigma is going to be massive. Um, just because it, when you put business connotations around it and we pay heavy taxes, it needs the same legitimacy that other industries are getting. And I believe we're very close to, to that. So one of the largest problems in resolution to this question is, you know, just, uh, having that political acceptance and it's, 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 it's a disappearing problem and I'm happy for that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. It has changed so much. Absolutely. I mean, even in the past 18 months for you, I bet service people, you know, come to do work for you today and it's different than the service people that came to do work for you when you started. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the case. (laughs) They're getting treated more like a new industry or like a, uh, uh, existing industry, you normal know. industry. Absolutely. Right. You know. Right. I've had people literally like clap their hands and rub them together and say stuff like, Oh, you guys are making so much money. Oh, right. And that's and the then case. The bill comes and it's like, yeah, is this a good yeah. <laughs> oh man. You know, we'll, we'll have some big months and the boys will see, Oh goodness. We just took home. How much, you know, how much money is this, you know, in, the, in our sales meetings. And then I'll, I'll quickly remind them of our overhead. Yeah, right, 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 <laughs> it's like, right, right. let me, let me cut this pie up real quick and let you know who took what piece. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's never the first line of that report. It's always the last line. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, <laughs> yeah, never, it's never your, your gross sales. It's always your net profit. That's it. That's, that's the one that matters. Right. That's the only one that matters really. Yeah. What's the joy in all this for you, man? The fact that I can, you know, I can live a life that I do not need a vacation from. The fact that I can give back to my uh, my family, not only in, uh, in in a in a true genetic sense that hey, I'm able to take care of my immediate family, but also my family of friends. Uh, it's very large, and it's wonderful to be able to work with your friends. I I think that if people can follow their passion and be passionate about it in a way that's actually um, their energy is very evident in a, in, in a positive manner, it attracts people almost like a magnet does. And I think that's something that I've just been so passionate about cannabis and, and that's a, a lot of my friends have seen, oh, oh my goodness, you know, this would be some fun. I this beat the heck out of my desk job. You know, let, let, let's work with, let's work with Josh and let's, you know, kind of see what they have going on. And that's been the biggest joy being able to give back to the people that I love in my life. And uh, that, that would definitely wrap it up. Awesome. You got a weed story for me? <laughs> any any weed story I'll oh do. it's too many of them too many of them a but good one a good one Pick okay out a good one. all right so i'm growing medical cannabis for myself it is 2007 and i had a small had, had it i think there was there was one light in the closet i think i had like nine plants or no 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 i had six plants because it was a six plant six plant count is what i could have and so there were like two of them flowering two in a clone dome and two in veg. And it's just all kind of happening in the same closet. I don't know how I did it. I mean, your best teacher in life, everybody's experience. I've definitely and started failure. off at a pound of light as well. Right. Failure. And yeah. Failure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Failure for sure. So, so long story short, uh, I have a, I have a seizure that morning. I have epilepsy and, um, my friends, I had bit my tongue in my seizure. So they normally, they know I had seizures. So they're like, it's okay. I bit my tongue. So I was spitting up a lot of blood. And one of them uh, did what he should have done. He called the ambulance. He called 911 and said, my buddy's having a seizure. This is not good. Ambulance shows up and immediately calls for backup. Because in, I was in my room. They had to walk by this closet to get to me. And little did they know I'm having a seizure. I have my card because I have mm-hmm. epilepsy. And my card is there. It's right there on the wall. Long story short, they call the cops anyways. Cops show up, put a police line tape around my enti- the perimeter of my entire house. My roommates are bugging, going like, what the heck, dude? Oh my gosh, you know, all, you know, the house has a search warrant showing up at it. What's going on? You know, and I'm like, I have no idea. You know, at this time I'm getting wheeled off to the hospital because they don't give you a choice when the ambulance does show up. They take you regardless. And long story short, they took all my plants. Took all the paraphernalia in the entire house and 
wrote out some tickets to some people and wrote out some big tickets to me. That was a Friday. That was a, it was a Saturday morning. So, so my folks came and got me from the hospital and Sunday morning, the next day I'm at, I'm at their house. Cause then they were like, you don't need to go home right now. You might be getting arrested. I'm like, Oh shit, this is not good, but okay. I got to get deal with it. I get for your a, six plants. Yes. For my six plants. How absolutely. many plants are you growing right now? Uh, 6,000. Okay. <laughs> so that's, so <laughs> whoops, but, but <laughs> either, either way. So they, 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 you know, I get a call the next morning from, uh, from the DA. And I, of course, didn't have the balls to answer the calls. Like, I'm not talking to her. She can talk to my voicemail. There's no way. And she leaves me, she leaves me a message and says, hey, I, uh, I need you to come down and get your cannabis plants as soon as possible. Um, we, we do not want them to die on our watch. You need to come get your cannabis plants. You can have them all back. We're so sorry. So I was like, oh my goodness, jumping for joy. Like, there's no way. I just got an apology call from the DA. This is on, this <laughs> on Saturday or Monday? This is on, this is on Monday morning. Monday morning. Yeah. Monday so morning. they've had my plants now for about 48 hours. Okay. And so I immediately was like, mom, dad, I got to go. I'm not in trouble. I'm gonna go pick up my plants. Check this out. So I zipped down there and the, the everybody was very nice, very kind. Um, they gave me back my plants and they actually helped me carry them to my truck, which was nice. <laughs> they have me plus a trail of cops carrying my plants. <laughs> and then they, uh, they also gave back all the, all the paraphernalia from the entire house. And uh, so everybody got their bongs back, which was cool. Cause there was, I don't know if you remember when you were 22, but, or I'm sorry, when you were 20, there was probably some bongs and probably still is some bongs <laughs> that have names and have Big been red. around. Yeah, exactly. Have been around for a minute. So I was able to get all those back, got all my plants back. And, uh, and I'm on great terms with, the, with, uh, all those police officers as, as well as that DA. It's probably one of the cooler weed stories. Awesome. That's yeah. a great one, man. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Great. Yeah. It's all those little things that change, right? Like, uh, now they totally walk away because everybody's so educated. If that happened today and they came to your house and you had six plants. Yeah. Right? They'd they be like, completely Oh, walk away. we're here for a seizure. This kid right. medicates himself with these plants. Right, right. I don't know. That's the part. My sister came unglued on. My sister's always been kind of the, my, my brother and sister and I were all 14 months apart. They're twins. So we grew up really close and they're older than me. And so my sister's kind of like my mother hen. She just mm. like came unglued on the cops. Like, oh, are you kidding geez. me? This is absolute bullshit. <laughs> Told yeah, them what awesome. time it was. <laughs> good, for your, good for your sister. Yeah. Right. You got to have those political women out there, especially these days and times. That's Absolutely. Sure. I mean, I feel like those are the voices that get heard. Mm, you yeah. Know, that's you always listen sure. to mama. Yeah. She's going to call a spade a spade. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no, you know, we're going to cut right to the bone here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, this has been such a cool chat, man. I'm glad you got to come here. I know it was real short notice and uh, put this all together. I can't thank you enough. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it, dude. And I uh, hope, hope I get an invite back to your facility and check it out. I could, I think, I don't think I could see all portions of the cycle of life last time. I think something was left out. Yeah. I think we were, we were just quick in and out. I don't know what it was, but. Right. We'll, we'll definitely take our time there. Right. Awesome, bud. Well, hey, yeah, let's roll up another one and we'll call this uh, podcast done. I like it. All I like right. it. Appreciate everybody's time today. Y'all have a good one. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs>